Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you so much for your tender mercy. And that by your tender mercy you came to us long ago in Jesus. And that by your tender mercy you promise to come to us still in our day. And so we join the saints across the ages in saying, Come, come Lord Jesus. Amen. These days we can all feel winter approaching, can't we? The way the days are growing steadily shorter and the nights steadily longer and colder and darker. I don't know about you, but sometimes it feels like the same thing is happening in our world events as well, doesn't it? As we hear each new day about gun violence, about massacres, rising oceans and refugees being turned away. But sometimes we hear about refugees being welcomed. And so this Advent, it it seems especially timely, especially urgent, in fact, that we gather together to remember the story of God's drawing near to us in Jesus long ago and still today. And to hear the words, the wonderful words of John the Baptist, by the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to bring light to those sitting in darkness, to those sitting in the shadow of death. God did not forget God's people long ago, and God has not forgotten us either. But in this season, we remember how exactly it was that God turned toward our world. Because God did this in the most unexpected ways. God came to us. How? Through the child of an unwed mother. Born in a village stable and into a family of refugees. God drew drew near to our world in ways that just about everybody found unexpected, bewildering, disruptive, and surprising. And so that's why in this season we all seek to slow down. Are you slowing down? (laughs) You know, if I preached what I practice, I'd be mute here every Sunday. (laughs) But we proclaim these things and strive toward them. We seek to slow down, to prepare the way, and to open up space in our lives because we know that when God first came to our world in Jesus, most people turned that child away. 
And we see in our world and in our hearts, our own hearts, how easy it is for us to do the same thing ourselves. In a worship preview that I sent you this week, I shared a Facebook posting. I hope some of you saw that. It came as, this Facebook posting came as a response to calls by many of our nation's leaders, many of whom are Christian, to slam the doors shut to refugees. And full of irony, this person posted these words on Facebook, if only we had a seasonally appropriate story about Middle Eastern people seeking refuge and being turned away by the heartless. Well, we have that story, don't we? And like never before, we need to hear it again. And to remember what it asks of us. In this way, we have so much to learn from Hispanic communities across the Americas. And I'm going to need Spanish speakers to help me out on my pronunciation here. Who take part every year in a tradition called Los Posadas. On the night, nine nights before Christmas Eve. Led by Mary heavy with child, and Joseph. A procession goes door to door in the community asking for posada, for shelter. Recalling what happened in Bethlehem long ago. Joseph sings in this procession, who will give longing to these travelers so weary We are very tired from trudging roads so dreary. And those locked behind doors sing back, Who asks for lodging? We cannot grant your request. You could be thieves. You could be thieves. Intent on robbing at best. On and on Mary and Joseph go through that cold night, night after night, knocking on doors that never open. But then on the last night, a kind innkeeper finally opens his door and invites everyone to come in to eat tamales and Biscochitos. How did I do? <laughs> and to drink champurado, which I guess is a kind of hot chocolate. Kids celebrate by breaking open a piñata. And the whole community remembers again that when Christ first came to our world, most people turned him away. And how easy it is for us still to do the very same thing today. Our two readings today are both about prophets. Malachi and John the Baptist. 
And prophets are always given a very challenging job by God to make ready a people. To make a people ready for the Lord. A people who will be able to see and actually to recognize and to respond to their time of visitation by God. Prophets come to disturb those who have grown complacent and comfortable with a world radically out of sync with what God intends. Not an easy job, is it? And they come often to confront, to convert, and to console. Confront, convert, and console, and often in that order. And we might say or ask, who are the prophets in our day? They're not always easy to bear. But are we listening? In Malachi's time, being a prophet means calling people to move toward, there's that word again, toward the orphan, toward the widow, and toward the refugee, rather than away from them. And did you notice those words in verse 5 at the end of our Malachi reading about thrusting aside the alien? Thrusting aside the refugee. This week I had this dream of what if every congregation across this land, and I did a Google search, there are 300,000 churches, individual congregations here in the United States. What if we all took a vow to take in a family of refugees? Imagine, and gave shelter to Jesus in our day. In John the Baptist's time, being a prophet means upsetting polite company with locust breath, wearing strange camel hair fashions, and calling respectable church leaders, you know, like pastors, a brood of vipers. It means calling people to feel sorrowful about the way things are so that we can actually be able to experience the joy of the world that God is about to bring. And so John the Baptist comes crying out his words in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight His paths. Every valley shall be filled. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked, did you see our bulletin cover? The crooked shall be made straight. And the rough Places smooth. And why do we do all of this inner and outer preparation so that we might actually see and receive Jesus, the salvation of our God? 
So, dear friends, what might preparing the way mean for you and for us in this season? What is crooked in our lives that needs to be made straight? What is rough? What is rough that needs to be made smooth? How can we turn more fully toward God and toward our neighbor and toward the planet that God intends? We often assume that this preparation means doing a whole lot more. Adding yet one more thing to our busy holiday schedules. But what if preparation for overscheduled people like us actually means doing less? Our ultimate model here is Mary, I believe. Who in the space that she makes in her life and in her womb, Jesus is able to enter our world. She makes space for God. How can we make space for God this season? And maybe it's something as simple as every morning or evening lighting a candle. And connecting with our longing for the light of Christ to enter our world more fully. Especially when the darkness feels so strong and overpowering. The cry of the church across the centuries is, Come, Lord Jesus. Come into our lives. Come into our church. Come into our relationships. Come into our city. And the witness of the saints and the mystics across the ages is that Christ is always coming into our lives in ever new and unexpected ways. For those who have eyes to see, the final return of Jesus won't be His second coming. You know I love to say this. The final return of Jesus will be His billionth coming. Or maybe His trillionth. Always coming to us, ever new ways. Long ago, the first coming of Jesus was missed by almost everyone. Let us not miss him this season when he comes to us yet again. How silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessings of the heavens. No ear may hear His coming. 
But in this world of sin, where meek souls still receive Him still, the dear Christ enters in. Let us enter into a brief time of silence and ask, how is the Holy Spirit guiding us to watch and to wait and to prepare?